0: Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is episode number four, where we'll be talking about Star Wars, which will either get us into a lot of trouble or draw in a lot of people who are curious what we have to say about that. We'll find out which. As a prelude to this, my co-host, Vanelle has COVID. <laughs> and I'm recovering. About, yeah, we thought about delaying things, but who knows how that how long that's going to last. So if she coughs, that's why.
1: We will try to cut it out from the recording as much as we can, but some of it will... <laughs> uh, there you go. I am re- I am recovering. I am past the COVID. It's just that I have this lingering cough that it's going to be there for a while. Star Wars is... The... <laughs> well, everyone knows what Star Wars is. It's very nerdy people running about with the lightsabers. And uh, <laughs> it's only... No, but it's very much been a guy's thing for like decades. And now it's become... well. Now you have this whole new generation of fans. Like, you got that with the prequels as well, but that was a very weird cultural phenomenon. And frankly, it was before I knew how to speak English. So obviously, I was, I, I do not know much about just fandom history back then. Right now, you're having the Disney tr- tr- uh, trilogy. Now there's this whole schism in the fandom where it's just, it was already too big, but now there are different generations, different factions. You know, do you think Disney's trilogy is canon? Do you not? Do you think the EU is canon? Do you not? We are just here to not care about that. The only thing we care about <laughs> is the Lucas films.
0: Clarify that specifically the Lucas films are the prequel trilogy as well as the original trilogy. It was when Lucas films was producing the movies, uh, and it was his specific studio. The recent three were done by Disney. So those six films is really what we'll be focusing on because neither of us have read the books. We haven't played the video games. We've seen the sequel trilogy. It was a series. I have not seen Disney's slash Lucas's The Clone Wars. I did see Tartakovsky's, which was great, but we're not really going to be talking about that either, probably. So Star Wars, this long-running series that has been going on since the 80s and just keeps being brought back. What the hell is it even about anyways?
1: So Star Wars is about Luke Skywalker, who becomes a Jedi, and he learns about this evil empire, or rather, the empire is there, but he was going to join it because he didn't think it was evil, but over the course of uh, A New Hope, the first film that was ever made, that was back before there were ever going to be any sequels, I could go into detail about the production history of that film, but that Muffin will yell at me, so I'm not going to do that. I would. You would yell at me. The Empire turns out to be evil and Luke, like a radicalized young warrior, decides to go in there with explosives and he blows up the Death Star. Then, in Empire Strikes Back, we learn that the symbol of the Empire, the man who killed Luke's guardian, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and generally a pretty evil dude, Darth Vader, is Luke's beloved father, who, when heroically missing, died a surely very noble death, and Luke is forever traumatized by that fact. And we get the third film, Return of the Jedi, where Anakin Skywalker, aka Darth Vader, is heroically redeemed, It's a happy ending, the Empire is defeated, and then we get some 20 years later. I'm not not sure how many years actually passed that. Terrible with years. After that, we get the prequel films, which were hugely controversial. They have very bad acting, but so did the original films. But the thing is that the fans were much less lenient. Many of the flaws that you see in the prequels are also present in the originals. It's just that people had very lofty expectations of the prequels, and the prequels were not what people wanted. They got a huge amount of hate. Which, legitimate criticism, But when those same people praised the original trilogy... Which has the same flaws by and large. I get sort of the fancy of the prequels. So I'm just going to admit to it. Yeah, probably best to just admit that straight off the bat. Yeah, They
0: are by no means good movies. But they had a good seed of a story that with better dialogue, better acting, could have been very great films. But they were not. But they get a lot of bad rep that they don't necessarily deserve, especially when those same people are praising the original trilogy when we see the Death Star blown up twice. Gotta reuse that plot.
1: Of course, to summarize the prequels as well, because that is a thing we do here on on Rank Heresy, the prequels feature Anakin Skywalker from uh, childhood to becoming Darth Vader.
0: The (laughs) prequels are about the fall of the Republic and how Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader and his relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Then we're just going to leave it there for now. Why you guys really came here is not for us rambling about what Star Wars even is and what comprises it and what doesn't and what we've watched and not watched, but the heresy. So what do we think Star Wars is about? And here's where we're going to probably upset a lot of people.
1: Anakin is specifically stated to have been created by no father and the heavy implication is that the force created him. I will just cut the whole theological weirdness we've gotten up to and basically say that we think that everything in the Star Wars points to the force wanting Anakin to fall. And we even goes so far as to say that this is why Anakin was created. This is his purpose. So first let's look at the prophecy. We're told in the first film
0: that there is a prophecy concerning a being, we don't know what they will be. And it's a very vague prophecy. It is that they will bring balance to the Force. Qui-Gon chooses to believe that when he comes across Anakin who has an unprecedented number of these midichlorians, point being, if you have a lot of midichlorians you got a lot of Force. And Anakin had an unprecedented number that had never before been recorded. Qui-Gon talks to his mother and she says that there was no father, which is George Lucas dialogue. So at the time, I thought that was implying that Shmi had been raped and or that the father had run out and that j- there just is no father. But given a story Palpatine tells us in the third movie about having induced the force to create life, that is likely meaning that Anakin's birth was immaculate conception. So the force made him. Anyway, Qui-Gon decides that what this means is that Anakin is this chosen child or being who will one day bring balance to the force. And this is as he's discovering signs that the Sith who they had thought were defeated were not nearly as defeated as they had once thought. So he takes it to mean that Anakin will finally wipe out the Sith for good. There will be balance in the universe and everything will be well. Well, let's get back to that Palpatine thing. So he tells us in the third uh, movie, in Revenge of the Sith, that his master, or what we can presume to be his master, Darth Plagueis, was very learned in the Force and could use it to prevent the death of his loved ones and even go so far as to induce life. But then his apprentice murders him. And it's a long-going fan theory that's Pretty much everyone has accepted at this point that Sidious was Plagueis Apprentice and he had murdered his master and that the life they had induced was Anakin Skywalker in the desert who, you know, was then born of Shmi without a father. The thing is, though, that the Force has to allow this. Yes, the dark side of the Force is the unnatural use of the Force. It is things that should not be possible and go against the order of things. But it still happened. You know, you have these two nut jobs who are playing about with the cosmic life of the universe. And something presumably does happen to Plagueis because of that. He is murdered shortly, and whether that had anything to do with that or not is unknown. But it happened, and that should not have happened. And then Anakin becomes this chosen one. More to the point, he does do it. He brings balance to the Force, but not by wiping out the Sith, at least not right away. What he does is he wipes out the Jedi Order first. He eliminates them when they are at their height, when they should have been untouchable. And then later he destroys Sidious and what remains of the Sith. There are no people left who truly understand
1: the Force the way they did it. It's just Luke who trained in a swamp for three days with Yoda and then ditched. It is perhaps worth mentioning that the whole, the force is perverted, the force is corrupted by dark side force users, implies that they are more powerful than the force, that they are able to force the force to do something that it doesn't want to do. And yet we see they act Very much like Jedi, they are still practices of the same religion. They speak of the Force in the same way. They are just as subject to the Force as well as everyone else. Palpatine, of course, Disney would have it otherwise, but Palpatine is very much killed at the end by (laughs) his own apprentice, just as the Force's old prophecy predicted. This is not a man who has made the force's bitch. That makes the entire, um, the force wanted Anakin to be on the side of good, paradoxical, because it means that Palpatine was greater than God, that he was able to subvert the will of God, and we will get into in another episode, exactly why we think the Force would want Anakin to um, uh, destroy the Jedi, why it would want them destroyed and the Sith destroyed, as well as their Republic, to Ashes. It does seem that it did, and frankly, we do not see how it could be otherwise, because to say so, Star Wars is a world where God is real, essentially. And to say that, that God did not want these things to happen is to say that Palpatine and Anakin are more powerful than God. <laughs> and that's where things start to, you know, not make quite as much sense. Things simply go smoother, make more sense. It's a more elegant answer. Is the Force simply wanted all of this all along? And to add on to that, I do not believe within
0: the films we're ever given an indication that the Force is on the side of the Jedi. Oh, we have things like when Alderaan is destroyed, there's the billions of voices crying out and then suddenly silenced. But I was never convinced it was, it took sides like that, that it supported the Jedi and was very against the Sith, or that it even supported the Sith, but was very against the Jedi. It is a force of nature, you know, it is this cosmic entity, and it never really made sense to me that it would care
1: not to me either, and I don't think it's what we see. We consistently see people speak of, may the Force be with you. It is the will of the Force, and yes, we see who the Force is with, and it's rarely the Jedi. The, the will of the Force appears to be calamity, at least in the prequels. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a bit in the
0: uh, original trilogy as well. Yeah, rest in peace, Aldron. Yeah, yeah. Oh.
1: So the one next thing I
0: also want to add, to is the uh, the Jedi and the Sith schism, because that's interesting to me, and this is probably for another episode. But you, to be very heretical, you can sort of think of the Sith and the Jedi as more like...
1: Rival religious order. point is
0: they're very similar religions. They just had a break, and they hate each other in the way that only re- rival religions do when they come from the same source, and they go, no, you are not the same as me at all. Now, excuse me while I go practice the same exact religious rituals that you do, believe in the same exact things, and just change up the chance a little bit. <laughs> For being a uh, order of hedonists, the Sith aren't very good at being hedonists either, they're just monks who wear black.
1: But um, on to the next segment, because this time we actually have two segments, as there are two things you must introduce your people to, and the other is Uh, We will be explaining why we do not find all things canon, even though they are officially recognized by Disney, which frankly doesn't mean anything. It it just means that Disney wants to produce more things (laughs) and make you buy more merch. Uh... (laughs) Which you do. You do. But uh, more specifically, this will mean that we will be talking about the sequel trilogy as well as the Clone Wars. Oh, a
0: caveat also, neither of us have yet to see The Mandalorian. I honestly have very little idea what it's about other than baby Yoda and Mercenary, who's a good guy but gruff, and they fan-serviced with Luke Skywalker showing up. So we are unlikely to talk about The Mandalorian. But
1: we will talk about Clone Wars 2008 and the sequel trilogy. Yeah, we will talk about what we watched while we still had faith in the Star Wars things which were being produced, (laughs) which uh, there aren't a lot of those. (laughs) Um, I do think that the um, spin-off films were were good. Back to the Clone Wars, I will just briefly summarize that by saying that I find, and I'm now going to switch to saying I because Muffin hasn't actually seen the Clone Wars. The characterizations are very different to the point where it's not the same characters as the ones I see in the film. For instance, Anakin is made this very heroic, very dashing, and frankly quite cool. You know, his body language, his speech, it's very different and very assertive. Frankly, he is in every way a different character than the one portrayed by Aiden Christensen in the films. It goes for all the characters. Obi-Wan Kenobi, I struggle to recognize him as well. Yoda at one point asks Anakin's help in breaking the rules in the Jedi Temple. It feels like, largely... I do not know if other people will necessarily understand what I'm talking about when I use this example. Oh, when you're watching something, an adaptation usually, and you feel that this is kind of the more wholesome, more palatable version that is made to appeal more to people. You can tell because everyone's relationships are always closer than they perhaps were in canon. The characters are more likable. The plots are usually simpler. And there are little odd decisions made throughout that you may question a bit. Unfortunately, the nerds listening to this will not know what I mean when I say that the Twilight films are a great example of that. But the (laughs) Harry Potter films are another good example of that. And Clone Wars is a very good example of that. Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship is one example of this. They are closer and more comfortable around one another than they were in canon. To the point where new things are introduced to them, to their dynamic where I cannot see them ending up in the place they are in, in Revenge of the Sith. Like, there are things which would have been between them that there are no indication of. The Clone Wars are very heavy-handed in a lot of things. They very much want to remind you that Anakin is going to become Darth Vader. There is conflict growing between Anakin and Obi-Wan, and they simply do not master doing this in a way that makes it feel organic or like it actually has much to do with the films. It's very much doing its own thing. And I would respect that a lot more if it was more forthright about it, if it went out and say, we kind of don't care about the movies, we are doing our own thing here. But they went all out in trying to tie it in, even when through a million little decisions, they made themselves incompatible. With both what we see in Revenge of the Sith and what we had been introduced to in Attack of the Clones. And I will be talking a lot about that because I have lingering resentment over that.
0: Yeah, and this I am partly to blame for this because what happened was I uh, said to Vanilla I'm like, oh, I heard uh, Clone Wars was good, which was true. I had heard it was good, but I also meant... 2005 Clone Wars which nobody watches and so Vanelle went and did it and then I feel like I stole years off of her life because now she has this lingering resentment
1: for the entire franchise all right
0: With that, I think it's time for Torgrim to blow somebody up. I think we've rambled enough for today. Yeah,
1: yeah. Let's let's just end this misery, okay? Uh, Torgrim, for those who don't know, is that we blow up a patron at the end of every episode. The patrons love it. Uh, I feel I think they're gluttons for a punishment. They seem to take some sort of odd pride in being blown up. They are very happy when it happens. Okay, Torgrim, on you, off you go.
0: Oh, he blew up Clark. <laughs>
1: I thought you were gonna say franza again I was like,
0: "That's the <laughs> third time." Oh no, you blew up again this time, Clark. Oh, so sorry, Clark. Torgrim is displeased with you, and now you're chunks falling from the sky. We'll miss you, Clark. Hey, you're with your husband,
1: who was yeah, killed true. a few weeks ago. We blew him up too. He was too. killed twice. No, no, that was French. He was killed twice. Yeah, Francis. Okay, they don't have that many episodes. Important. We're only yeah. on episode four. And now we have a tally of who's dead and who's not. Yeah, There, there yeah. are surviving
0: patrons in existence. There are, but a uh, random number generator will probably get them eventually. But with that, you can follow us on Tumblr where we release news about the podcast. We also answer questions. Join our Patreon, and you can get access to our Discord, which is a cool place. And also just to support the, the show and get other perks. So with that, in case we don't see you,